A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sans Pants Radio. What do I do here? Do I just, like, read my tweet drafts or do I have to come up with something original or what? Hey, what's Pac-Man, everybody? Welcome to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast, where today I watched Godzilla, the animated series with my friend, Daniel James Richardson. Daniel's pronouns are he, him, and he's got a great YouTube channel over Geeky Glasses TV. I haven't mentioned this on the podcast in a while, but hey, if you like the show, why not rate and review us on iTunes? It definitely helps. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at StopTweetingMia. Thanks for listening to Cynical Cartoons for another week. I'm Mia Marchant. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm here if you need to talk. So today on the podcast, we're talking about Godzilla, the animated series. This is based on the 1998 movie with Matthew Broderick, but we're talking about it, of course, because Godzilla, King of the Monsters is out in theaters. That's the highest praise I can really give it. (laughs) It certainly is out and it certainly is a movie. It does exist. It It does exist. It does indeed exist. Ah, Do you know what it is? I have such mixed feelings on it because I go through like waves where I'm like, I think I really love that. And then I'm like, I think I was really disappointed by that. And I don't know which one I'm I'm deciding on. There's like this underlying relationship with Godzilla that I've had sort of throughout my life that's completely colouring my opinions. And I don't know if they're making us particularly negative on it or particularly positive on it. And it's really hard to determine what my actual feelings are on it. Because there's a lot of stuff in it I liked. Yeah, I imagine that must be hard as, like, a Godzilla fan. Like, I've never really been into this franchise at all. Like, I probably saw the 98 one. I watched the 54 one in college. But, like, I've never been, like, a Godzilla fan, really. When I saw King of the Monsters, I did not know what was happening most of the time, I would say. I've got this, like, weird relationship with Godzilla in that it's kind of, like, as this sort of pop cultural icon always being present throughout my life um because i think the first piece of godzilla media i ever saw was that fucking hanna barbera cartoon you know this uh godzuki and godzuki we, we this scrappy yeah. do little motherfucker and no burning buildings and no crushing buildings but i just i was uh-huh. mad into dinosaurs as a kid like mad 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 into dinosaurs um i used to read like sit in my room reading dinosaur encyclopedias for fun. Um, And I used to uh, 
be super, super into Yoshi. Uh, I was like really big into Super Mario World at the time. And I'd get like angry, like irrationally angry when my mom would say like, oh, is that the game where you're riding a dragon? I'm like, no, mom, it's a dinosaur. He's not a dragon. He's a dinosaur. <laughs> you know? Right. Like I was like mad determined that he was a dinosaur. And I was like kind of aware that Jurassic Park was a thing and sort of seeing clips of it on TV and adverts for Jurassic Park stuff, but was never allowed to watch it because I wasn't old enough yet or whatever. Right. I, I remember Jurassic Park was like the first PG-13 movie that I ever saw. And I was like, this is like a dirty thing. Like, I shouldn't be doing this right now. I'm yeah, sad. <laughs> like it's, you feel like you're watching a video nasty. It's crazy. I remember seeing Godzilla 98, which it should probably be nobody's film introduction to that franchise. I'd already seen this Godzilla and Godzuki. And it was weird getting this like juxtaposition between this Godzuki stuff and then this weird like edgy Independence Day thing. But, like, I'm eight years old at the time, and I'm seeing this, like, on TV, because I would have been six when it came out. I'm watching it, and there's a lot of, like, violence in it that I think I shouldn't be watching and stuff, and I don't care really about the plot. I'm just like, holy shit, this dinosaur looks amazing. And then there's little dinosaurs, (laughs) and I'm like, holy shit, they look amazing. And, like, I'm just having a whale of a time. I know Godzilla 98 is notoriously a terrible film. And then, like, as I get older, you know, I'm in secondary school and I start to discover the internet and stuff and I start to, like, fall into this, like, anime and Japanese entertainment rabbit hole. I get into all the, uh, you know, the rubber costume stuff with, like, the the Toho productions and going all the way back as far as, like, 1954 all the way through to, like, Godzilla The Final Wars, which is my favorite Godzilla film. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's insane. It's, like, Japanese. That's a Toho one. It's yeah, Japanese. yeah. It's, like, Japanese anime dudes. So, like, the main, like, because, you know, they always do, like, the human plots and the, the creature plots. So the creature plot is that, Godzilla's just got to go around and kick the shit out of every other monster that could fit into the film, including the Godzilla from Godzilla 98. Like, because they're like, oh, that's an imposter Godzilla. And then, like, some 41 plays in the background while he while he does it. It's, it's, it's a mindfuck. <laughs> it's amazing. And then, like, you juxtapose that with the human story, which is this anime as fuck, like, J-pop idol-looking motherfuckers with, like super like latex pop star suits and they're all having like fights on top of motorbikes and stuff it's it's a blast it's so nuts there's for absolutely no reason the mma fighter who's like this um, uh, don fry who's this super macho american dude is in the film for no other reason than the director was like a huge fan of him and he can't speak a word of japanese so he just speaks english (laughs) through the whole film and everybody talks back to him in japanese and they just carry on conversations as if they completely understand each other it's incredible i love it so much but anyway so it's really good <laughs> yeah so i just i just sort of fell in love with godzilla and now i'm at the point where it's like i've got godzilla posters i've got godzilla toys i've got godzilla comics i'm like full-on you know godzilla nerd and so i think right. there was a part of king of the monsters where that part was really really geeking out but then that plot was also like oh i want to see the more of the monsters and i wish the monster fights weren't as shaky and then there was another part that was the film dude who was like really dull and uninteresting, but it kind of juxtaposed with this weird sort of like fangasm of like, oh my God, the the themes it playing and it's amazing. And he's 
merging from the water and he looks so good and Mothra's in this and Rodan's in this and King Ghidorah's in this. So, like I was just having like a great time in those things. I just wish I didn't focus so much on the people because that shit was dull like no matter what me perspective was coming from. I mean that's the thing about these newer Godzilla movies is they really do focus on the people and a lot of that time is just spent on like military hero worship. Like that was the 2014 one too. It's like yeah, you spend a lot of time on the people, but the main person, Aaron Taylor Johnson, is just like the worst, oh, most bland piece that of was shit so in the dumb. world. I'll tell you what, I'll give King of the Monsters credit. I did enjoy it a lot more than Godzilla 2014, like a lot more. And That's I fair. do actually think that Godzilla 2014 is the better film. There is stuff in that that is exceptional, I would say. The initial right, sure. drop scene where they like, jump out the plane and there's all the like red smoke and you really get the scale of Godzilla. I don't think that's matched by even some of the Japanese stuff. Like there's no sense of scale comparable in any other bit of Godzilla media. Like it's probably my favorite shot in all of Godzilla. (laughs) Well, my favorite scene in all of like Godzilla history. Uh, But it's just a shame again. It's surrounded by this dull, boring-ass, Ken doll action man wandering the streets to find his girlfriend. I can't can't even remember what it was about. Was he his girlfriend? Was he his wife? Does he have a kid? Yeah, he's, like, watching after a little kid. He's, like, trying to get back to his family. But, like, honestly, who could care? Like, Bryan Cranston was so good in that movie, and then they just kind of... He disappears, like, in the first act and was stuck with a fucking military guy who's just totally feckless like i, I just could, couldn't give a shit and then the second one uh same thing again and and the thing is like i am a fan of godzilla movies that have human stories obviously the 1954 one is pretty much all about that and uh shin godzilla has like this whole political war room thing it constantly cuts back to that and there's all this like political drama but Shin Godzilla's mint the human story and focusing on that wouldn't be so bad if the human stories didn't just suck yeah and it's weird because like it's this weird thing where like the original was a Japanese film about America overstepping their bounds and like how terrible the U.S. military is and like how horrible humanity is for like nuking each other and like yeah. creating these horrible weapons and then nowadays these movies are more about the villains are eco-terrorists yeah that, that was weird <laughs> save the environment and the heroes are all military guys that want to nuke each other they like have all of these weird things in the movie where they're like we're gonna drop the anti-oxygen bomb that's gonna decimate all the oxygen for two miles i'm like oh so those are the villains in the movie no those are the good guys and they don't really ever address that they have an anti-oxygen bomb that they've been developing like oh no it tries to draw these like weird parallels to the atomic bomb as well with like you know that right. being the the thing that obviously kick-started the whole godzilla franchise godzilla obviously being very much commentary on the hiroshima and nagasaki bombings right and there's that scene just before they drop the oxygen bomb where the guy's like god help us all i was like are they gonna like accidentally destroy all the air on the earth but no nothing but really nothing happens. happens like it's it's like god help us god help you why like this bomb is going to do nothing but harm the monster. It's like, what, what, what are you stressing about here? Like, and then the the big heroic moment of the movie is like Ken Watanabe's character goes down and finds Godzilla and sets off a nuke, and it's like one of the only Asian characters in your film nukes himself to save Godzilla. It's like a big tearful scene. He wants to do it, and I'm like, what are you trying to say 
about U.S.-Japanese relations at this point? Like, what is this movie about? What the fuck? It's it's nuts. Because <laughs> so I really, weird. I really don't, I actually don't think it intends to be like pro-military at all like i actually oh, think oh no no it definitely does the way that the 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 military in hollywood are like in cahoots oh like yeah, yeah captain yeah, yeah. marvel like it's all so like militaristically air force heavy yeah and I like mean, yeah that's her character but they are trying to recruit 18 year old dum-dums that left godzilla into the military oh yeah like, that's no, for sure the intention oh no 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 like i totally know like um you know like transformers and that actually like get right like, military funding you know like they're yeah. actually like consult on the movies and whatever like i totally get all that but i mean like the plot and the director's vision i don't think was to make military propaganda with this one i think there's enough in there that the themes they were trying to touch on was actually climate change is bad you know yeah population's getting a bit out of control isn't it we're we're doing a lot of bad to this planet it's just a shame that due to this kind of military constraints and funding, the only way to tie those themes into the movie is by making the villains eco-terrorists. Because it's a crazy, crazy weird movie in terms of theming. Um, At times, I think it wants to make a statement that's anti-military. At times, I think it's pro-military. And at times, I think it wants to be nothing more than a tribute to monster movies and just have big, crazy monster fights. Right. That's where the movie excels is when the monsters are actually doing stuff and the humans kind of take a step back. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I wish it had just been entirely that. You wish that it had been this cartoon that we watched today. <laughs> yeah, which, well, we can get into that in a bit. But yeah, basically, <laughs> I, I, every time a Godzilla film comes out, it's like, I have seen the human story one that I want. It's Shin Godzilla and it's Godzilla 1954. I do not need right. another human story Godzilla. Any Godzilla that comes out now, I want it to be Pacific Rim with a Godzilla skin. That's what I want. And it never is. And I'm always let down. And it always has moments that I like it. And that makes us go and see them. And that makes us somewhat enjoy them. And I kind of like have this weird relationship with them where I'm like, that was great. And I can't wait to watch it again. But also, I never want to watch it again. Like, And I don't know how to feel about them. I guess that I just had really high expectations because Kong Skull Island was so good. Kong Skull I really Island loved was that good B-movie fun. Weirdly nihilistic, but good B-movie yeah. fun. <laughs> right. So I'm excited for like Kong versus Godzilla, but I, I don't know. I mean, I guess they could have skipped this one, I feel like. I just would have liked to have just jumped right into that, maybe. But they're like trying to build a universe, so whatever. They'll do what they'll do. I, I like I like saying King Ghidorah or Ghidorah. I, people have different pronunciations of it. I always called it Ghidorah, but then someone was like, oh, it's Ghidorah, and I was like, oh, whatever, I don't care. He's got three heads, and he's cool. I mean, the movie was fine. I'm trying to, like, theme episodes of the podcast around what's currently in theaters. So, like, last week we did Men in Black, the series. This Godzilla series actually looks a lot like the Men in Black cartoon, don't you think? It's got that kind of same art style. Yeah, there was, like, that late 90s look of things where, like, all of the characters are very human-looking for some reason. Extreme Ghostbusters kind of played into it a little bit. It sort of looks like the, like, X-Men from Alpha Commando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was just funny because I kind of wanted to make that point of, you know, everybody gives, like, cartoons a hard time now because they're all like, oh, it's got that Cal art style or whatever where everybody's kind of, like, rounded and stuff. And it's like, 
I've literally just watched a cartoon that could be like seven different cartoons from the 90s, especially since Godzilla doesn't even show up till the second half. So if you just showed us the first half out of context, I would have been like, is it maybe Captain Planet? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this cartoon is it's 20 minutes long and the first 12 minutes are no Godzilla except for the intro. He's in the intro all over it. So it kind of promises more than it delivers, I think. But, I mean, when Godzilla shows up in this, he doesn't really do anything. Like, he kind of fights, like, a big monster that the humans created, but he doesn't, like, defeat the monster. The humans do that. It's Team Heat, or whatever they're called. Heatseeker, I believe, was the... It was... Yeah. And the heat... But the heat part stands for something, like, high energy... for a lot of things. Attack... Team. The teen something. It's got to be teen. It was, it was something forgettable and inconsequential. The team is very late 90s, sort of. Like, it definitely... These could have been the extreme Ghostbusters, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, every single one of them's quippy. They've all sort of got a gimmick, but are equally interchangeable, and so not gimmick yeah. enough to be interesting. I do just want to say, though, this was based on the 98 Godzilla movie, in case anybody was wondering. He looks like Godzilla 98. None of the characters were in that movie. Uh, the people that made this cartoon were not allowed to watch the movie or know anything about the Godzilla except for his design before they created it. Wow, but didn't two of the characters return? Who were they? Was it like Matthew Broderick's character? No, God, it's not Matthew Broderick. He's got better things to do than the Godzilla TV series. Yeah, because I would have expected, like, they put Matthew Broderick and Dan Castellaneta in the movie, and they're both, like, voice actors, too. So it's like, what What were you doing, guys? What's up? Presumably something better than this garbage. Well, you see, I say that, but like, it's it's that weird thing of like, Godzilla fans are so starved for like, American Godzilla content that isn't total shit. That right, I remember right. reading like, this being kind of well received amongst the fandom, if you will, because they were like, ah, it's, it's closer to the Godzilla we know than the film was, so I guess we kind of like it. Yeah, it kind of seems like maybe we picked a bunk episode because he doesn't show up until 12 minutes into this episode. Most of it is human stuff, but it seems like most weeks it would be like just Godzilla fighting like a giant goo monster or knife monster or whatever. Well, there was three episodes back to back that were like, they were called like the Monster War or whatever, and like, from what I recall, that was very Godzilla-esque. It was like you know, all these monsters show up and humanity's only hope is Godzilla beating literally every one of them and there's just big monster fights and it's Godzilla versus one monster, but then it's Godzilla versus two monsters, three monsters, etc. And it was like a three-part... Because I remember they released that on DVD as kind of like, you know, when they just cut the episodes into like one consecutive call, run. Call it's it like, like a movie. Yeah, it's like a movie. It's like Godzilla, the monster war. And it's it's just like so obvious that this is three episodes of tv and and not a movie (laughs) i think i probably had that dvd at one point as well um (laughs) i'm almost certain it's funny how the show is because when i was watching the intro to this i really thought that it was going to be like a batman tas ripoff like they call it godzilla the animated series the intro is very like sort of dark and brooding and like godzilla like climbs up a a building and then stands at the top and screams and the lightning roars like very very meekly climbs up a building as well like he manages to get through that whole intro without destroying a thing just so you know he's the good guy (laughs) in this one (laughs) right this cartoon is wild let's get into it 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 starts off with just like unceremoniously telling us that there's a garbage strike in new york city 
I guess that that it's trying like it doesn't really deal with like workers unions and striking and all that stuff. They're just the garbage guys are striking and they decide to build a giant like a goo monster that's going to eat all the garbage in NYC. Which is insane. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, that, that they don't want to deal with their workers' union problem, that they would instead just build like a monster that would eat all the garbage in the entire city, but also that the monster is definitely going to like go insane. Like you see the scientist in his laboratory. He's like creating this monster. It's this big orange like gloopy thing and it eats the garbage and it goes insane. And then he's talking to one of the suits, like one of the the business guys and he's like, this is not okay. This can't go to testing. We We can't send this out. And the guy's like, we're launching it tomorrow. <laughs> It he's is, like, he's like, we're doing a press conference tomorrow. We're gonna launch this thing that just tried to eat your assistant, and nobody says anything about it. Really, oh, it's, it's it's so great. It's so like you know, stereotypical mega corporation villain, it's very like, Spider Man. But yeah, like you say, like what the fuck? <laughs> Whose idea was that? Not even like to launch it when it's like not ready, but also to just make a fucking garbage eating goop in the first place like literally just it just eats everything it doesn't distinct between like this is a pizza box and this is a building except for glass for some reason because they capture it in glass later they're like don't let it eat through the boat <laughs> so he catches it in glass and i was just like why doesn't it just eat through the glass what, what's the deal with that <laughs> like it can eat through the metal of the boat but not the like glass of the bottle why and so the scientist designing this thing later on in the show seems to be friends with the heat team. Like, I'm so unclear about all the relationships in the show. It seems like Heat is friends with Godzilla and friends with the scientist and friends with the military, but also has an arduous relationship with the military who wants to kill Godzilla because Godzilla, like, does, is Godzilla their friend? Does he know they exist or do they just kind of follow him around and like aim him in the right direction? Yes. They're buds. That's as much as I can give you, like, sure. (laughs) Because they seem to be friends with the scientist who creates this, like, flesh, building-eating, garbage-eating monster. And then the guy's like, hey, sorry, guys, I created this monster. You want to take it out for me? And they're like, oh, sure, Tim. And then at the end, that guy doesn't go to jail or anything like that. He, like, destroys New Jersey and nothing happens. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, don't they at one point say that they're like a monster hunting team? I am sure like that's that's what the uh, heat team thing is. Like that's their job. I that's their so. duty. They're like a monster hunting right. team. And when Godzilla comes, they're all like surprised to see him because they're like, "Ah, oh, thought you were dead." <laughs> what? <laughs> like, so hang on, Godzilla died in an episode last week. Like, is it? What did I miss? Right. The the one of the characters has a line. Where she's like, oh, you finally showed up to Godzilla. And I'm like, yeah, me too, dude. It's fucking minute 13. (laughs) But they also have lines where they're talking about like, now the whole world's going to know about Godzilla's existence. And it's like, didn't, how did Godzilla stay his secret this whole time? This is like episode five. Was he like not, did you like bring him out to a secluded desert every time before this? What's happening? So... Obviously, I'm speculating here because okay, I probably you haven't seen, seen any episodes other yeah. than this one. Oh, I have, I have, I've seen, I've seen them, but like as if I can remember them, I've been about seven years old or something. But I think what had happened was after Godzilla '98, the movie. I don't even know if that's canon to the series, but I know it's a spinoff, so I'm going to assume it is. They realized that Godzilla could actually be like. A super cool swell dude and fight for humanity against other monsters. Yeah, does Godzilla die at the end of 98? Mm, yeah, yes. Does the military murder him? Okay. Maybe. Yes, Questionable. But then they do that thing. I don't know if you remember this. Um, it cuts to a single, like, Godzilla egg. Because you remember, he's like a dude, but he can lay eggs because he can produce asexually. Right. And then it cuts to the egg and then, like, a claw pops out and it's, like, the end question mark (laughs) and then no sequel ever happens (laughs) so probably they were setting it up to say like okay we knew when we made this movie that you guys would hate this version of godzilla so we're gonna make this little sequel tease and then when you guys love this movie and like talk about how it could have been better that godzilla is gonna be the one that you want that's my guess that they would have come back and he would have been bigger i have not seen that movie in 20 years i presume what actually happened was just i think it was roland emmerich looked at this japanese property and was like that's a name that's recognized and i can make big destructive disaster movies and that was the extent of it i think it got as far as that and no further and they probably just planned to do a bunch of sequels that looked exactly and felt exactly like the first film and it just didn't happen i think the big Godzilla, though, is assumed to have died at the end of the 98 one because there's this whole bomb chase and I remember a car chase. and There was like a thing on the bridge, like he gets caught in the Brooklyn Bridge or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, and Matthew Broderick's like, that's a lot of fish. And uh, that's apparently a 
funny line because he like pauses for laughter. It's all a vague sort of recollection of, of different things in my head. But I do recall that the big main Godzilla seems to have died. So I'm guessing the series starts with him coming back, but only the military and maybe this like heat seeker team know about him. No, because it's the military. Ah, I'm totally piecing it together. So the heat seeker team must find Godzilla and be like, oh, he actually seems like a cool dude now. Guess he'll be like our monster buddy. Help us fight other monsters. And then the military guy in this episode is like, wait, Godzilla, I thought he was dead. So I guess they're saying like, oh, the public are going to find out that (sighs) Godzilla's not been. I don't know, because it's really unclear who actually knows about Godzilla where he's being. I mean, we, we could have definitely figured this out by just watching one of the other episodes, maybe. Like the pilot or something like that. Maybe, but I also yeah, feel like not. it wouldn't have been that much clearer <laughs> because like, it didn't seem to want to talk about Godzilla anyway. The episode was this weird Captain Planet-ass environmental yeah. garbage is bad shit and don't take shortcuts when recycling, I guess. I don't know, man. I don't know if I could watch another episode of the show if I had to. Like, the team itself is really boring. Like, there's, like, two hackers on the team. There's the mate who, like, are doing pranks against each other the whole time. Like, one of them builds a robot, and the other one's like, that robot sounds exactly like my mom. But it's like, it also just sounds like a robot. So does your mom sound like a robot? I don't know. It, it has a robot voice, but, like, mom lines. The robot head cuts off, and he's like, it says something like, Harold, your father and I are married. Like, it's like, what? What? <laughs> what is this robot talking about? I'm very disappointed in you, Harold. And it's got this weird, clean your room, Harold. <laughs> yeah. Like... It never really comes to anything. Like the robot dies and the, they keep on talking about this prank war they're doing, but they don't really prank each other again. That's just the end of the prank war thing. And it's like, that goes away at the end of the episode. The garbage worker strike goes away at the end of the episode. Nothing is really resolved except that the monster dies. Well, yeah, I imagine it was, that's the formula in it. Unless, apart from the like right. three part or it's just going to be monster pops up tied to an environmental theme or some other theme about corporate badness. The team gets involved. Godzilla gets involved, beats the monster without the team and repeat ad nauseum. Right. I mean, and that's the thing is that it's so weird in this that the team are the ones who defeat the monster. Like, Godzilla was really completely unnecessary because what happens is they create this giant trash monster. The team makes, like, an antidote thing that's going to destroy the monster. And Godzilla fights him for a while and then gets covered in trash goo. It's basically, it's like Carnage from the Spider-Man franchise. It's just like this giant goo that just encapsulates him. And then he just runs around and destroys New Jersey for a while. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's okay because that area is, like, evacuated. Like, all of New Jersey. They're pulling some, like, Batman v Superman shit. <laughs> there's, there's this great bit as well where, like, Godzilla, like, smashes some buildings fighting the monster. And, like, one of the team cheers. And then the French girl on the team is like, would you be cheering if there was people in there? Like, almost passing, like, a judgmental kind of thing. Right. And it's like, well, obviously not. He knows they're empty. Right. That's why he's here. Like, why, why even ask that? <laughs> like, and it's like, okay, so I don't like this guy because he's like cheering for these buildings being destroyed by Godzilla. I don't like her because she's nagging him about it and being a shithead about it. So how am I supposed to feel about either of these characters in this situation? Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, were they trying to be like, oh, violence is 
always bad in this TV show that literally <laughs> survives on its spectacle of burning buildings and crushed right. like, landslides. And do they do this every week? Like every week are they like, oh, it's a good thing we evacuated all of Beijing so that they can fight here. <laughs> <laughs> Las Vegas, Nevada evacuated. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely do that. It's so interesting seeing American cartoons deal with just the concept of Godzilla and like how they get around that. Because he's so like based on like wanton destruction on a massive scale that it consumes lives, whether he's the good guy or the force of nature that comes in and wrecks everything. There's always like a significant loss of life, presumably implied in every single one of his films, pretty much. And then just like the cartoons just can't do that. So I remember reading like an interview with, for the Hanna-Barbera one. Which we did almost do today, by the way. I was thinking about doing the Godzuki one. It would have been terrible, right? It would have. It, 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 I remember even as a kid, I like dinosaurs and I'll watch this because the dinosaurs, but also, what the fuck is this shit? Why aren't yeah, the dinosaurs what is this, doing like, anything cool? Do nonsense. Yeah. Flintstones kids, all that stuff. I remember reading an interview and um, the guy who sort of ran that had said something about his job was to like find characters that Hanna-Barbera could license and he'd always wanted to do like a Godzilla show and uh, he talked with his buddy at Hanna-Barbera and they'd kind of give the thumbs up and give the go ahead and they got the license and whatever and he started making the show but every single like executive note he got back was to like make the tone lighter and please don't crush any buildings and please don't have him blast fire at anybody and he said literally <laughs> it got to the point where I'd literally got a Godzilla license for no reason whatsoever because they'd removed right. absolutely everything that made him Godzilla. It's like Star Wars but they're like no lightsabers, no no blasters. Yeah, yeah, no aliens, no space, <laughs> no spaceships. Set it on Earth, Star Wars on Earth. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's just a teen, think Riverdale-esque show, uh, you know, set in the 1950s, just completely like, yeah, and, and, and apparently like you'd said, you know, we did what we could with the limitations that were had, but the limitations were so big that we just kind of ended up throwing in this Godzuki character because I guess the kids went wild for him, I guess. And he just sounded like, <laughs> like he sounded like he'd got his, like, his passion project off the ground in this interview. like, And just being totally like, had all these hopes and dreams for it dashed. It just became this hollow shell, like working on this thing. It's like Josh Trank talking about Fantastic Four. Or yeah, something. yeah. It really, really felt like that from this interview. Like, I recommend you like seek it out because um, he did. It just, he just doesn't seem pretty happy about what he made, to be honest. Because, like you say, it's it is. It's like stripping Star Wars of everything that makes it Star Wars. It's like such a weird note to get. But obviously, Hanna Barbera was so protective over its like squeaky clean image. You know, the ghosts right, at right. the end of Scooby Doo always had to turn out to be like a man under the mask. You know, it wasn't until Zombie Island, the great treat that was Zombie Island, that were allowed actual monsters. I mean, this, I think, is not great now, the 98 Godzilla cartoon. No, no, no. But no. maybe back in the day, it was like the the best that people could sort of hope for. Like it was Godzilla fighting every week, like some kind of monster. Like it wasn't like Godzuki, you know, running around and stuff like that. The movie disappointed people. So maybe this actually gave people what they wanted. I don't know. I mean, I remember liking it. I still to this day, and this is kind of like 
you know, a, a guilty thing to admit within the fandom. I still to this day, if nothing else, really like the 98 monster design. It is kind of very generic and very edgy and not very Godzilla, but he's cool fucking looking dinosaurs. And I remember the TV the TV series, you know, seeing that intro and being like, it's a cool ass looking dinosaur. And as a kid, that, that was enough for me, you know? It was rarely ever on because the Digimon just completely saturated Fox Kids at the time. And the only time I could watch it anyway was when I was at my, my nana's, not my parents, because we didn't have Fox Kids as a channel. You know, we only had the basic channels. But the few times I did catch it, I had a good time with it. Yeah, I feel like this sort of got the shit under the stick because maybe it came at a time when like people were just starting to get interested in like anime yeah, on, definitely. on American TV. Like Pokemon, Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh! All that stuff came around the late 90s, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and sort of like the it was like the transitional period into the early two thousands. So it basically never stood a chance, to be honest. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I mean, and also it's just not very good. Like there was one <laughs> yeah. moment in the episode where the the computer guys are like hacking. They're like trying to hack the the virus thing so that it'll destroy the big trash monster. And then at one point they're sitting next to each other on separate computers and at one point they just like switch spots and keep on hacking on the other person's computer i love the hacking scene how they just kind of it, it, it just i don't understand what the hacking for a start because how do you hack right a biological like, object but apparently there's nano machines in it i guess and that's how it like works uh-huh. <laughs> and they just the way they show them hacking is they just like flash binary up on a screen next to like a glass file and it's like Ah yes, ones and zeros. This this means this means they're hacking those those pesky nano machines. It was so very nineties. Like I imagine that if you were gonna notice that kind of thing, like I imagine that felt dated even at the time. Well, I mean it's a very like NCIS CSI kind of thing where like when you see like American procedural shows, you know, there's always like a hacking kind of character. Or like Arrow, you know, like on Arrow, they're still doing that now where like Felicity will hack the water main or like hack like a plane and like start flying it and you're like this is not you just did that from a cell phone what the fuck is happening yeah i don't know if this is true but i heard this story at least in like the crime procedurals um you know like the ncis csi that kind of thing i heard that internally there's a competition going on between all the studios and it's kind of like an in-joke to like push the most ridiculous hacking scene they can and like they're all trying to like one up each other which is why you'll get like clips sometimes where like two hackers will like use the same keyboard or something and like drive a helicopter by plugging a usb calculator into a socket wall and just going to town on it um and they're just (laughs) like i don't know how true it is but I heard that that was like a thing and it's like an in reference because they know they can get away with it because audiences buy it and they know they need a hacking scene. So they're just like, ah, just have fun with it. Like people are so used to it now. Like they kind of understand it's just sort of this Hollywood trope. And within the context of NCIS, this just happens. Within the context of CSI, this just happens. And so they just they just do it. <sighs> Godzilla 98, the animated series. Daniel, who would you recommend this to? I would recommend it to somebody who'd only ever seen Godzilla and Godzuki 
and only <laughs> wanted to watch animated Godzilla TV shows. Right. If they loved the 98 movie, <laughs> they'll probably love this. I don't know that they would, though. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, <laughs> I mean, he looks similar. Yeah, but but is that enough? For all the like shortcomings of the 98 movie, at least it's, you know, it can be seen as kind of a fun you know, of the quality of, like, Independence Day 2. Like, that kind of, like, oh, level no. of movie. <laughs> right. You know, at least you can sort of turn your brain off and watch it on an afternoon, and afterwards your mom will go, hey, that was all right, wasn't it? You know, because she has no real opinion on it, so she wasn't offended by it. Like, at least it's got that going for it. But, like, I couldn't show this to, to my parents as kind of, you know, an afternoon's entertainment. So I don't even know that it fits that market. I think it is literally, especially at this stage, I think at the time it was on, kids who like dinosaurs and kids who like Godzilla and just wanted more. Now, I don't think that audience would grab onto it at all. Um, I feel like the only person you can recommend it to is is Godzilla fans who are just looking for an obscurity to add to that collection, you know, that kind of like, ha, oh, this happened, I'll check that out. That sounds kind of cheesy fun. That's who I'd recommend it to, because right. I'm, you know, kind of like contemplating watching it all back now, because I am genuinely curious to see if the, at least the Monster Wars episode holds up. You know, I remember being, that being pretty badass at the time. Right. I mean, I know that there is one on, on Netflix right now that's like cell shaded. It's like actually an anime i think it's supposed to be pretty good is it not there's three of them i don't know i don't know how i felt about it it's very okay i don't like i don't like the 3d cg animation for it anyway and it's Mm. a bit too anime for my tastes like and I, i like anime but you know what i mean when i say it's like a bit too anime it's all like it's like know. a harem anime with Godzilla. <laughs> God, I wish that would be amazing. No, it's more like one of these like colon slash slash hack dot evolution. You know, there's all these like bio weapons and law and like expositions about government conspiracies, and there's some kind of stand in for like an umbrella corp type of organization and and lots of like three D animations and it'll you know, it's like right. Apple Seed X Machina or something like that. Like it's just a bit too out there for me. And uh, again, another problem if I if I remember if it's the one I've seen and I'm remembering it correctly, not that much Godzilla in it. Still very like human focused. Like I don't know why all these people who are making Godzilla properties besides the Toho costumed ones are like, you know what audiences want to see in a Godzilla film? definitely not Godzilla. <laughs> like, I don't know why <laughs> Why that's the thought process. Yeah, I guess that I would recommend, like, the one thing that I've really, like, ingested with Godzilla media that I really loved was, um, did you ever play Godzilla Destroy All Monsters? I did play, on, on the, the GameCube. GameCube, yes! Yeah, oh, I was it was like a wrestling game with Godzilla. Yeah, and it's like four-player. Ah, oh, dude, I was literally, I was literally looking at it on my shelf. I need to crack that out again. Because I reckon if I play it back, it's probably garbage. Oh, no, it's so good. I've got it on an emulator on my computer. It's really fun to pull out, like, when you're having a night with some friends that are also, like, just want to do something stupid. It's really good. I remember, like, I grinded as well in that game until I unlocked everybody. And I remember it wasn't easy to do that because you only start (laughs) off with, like, three characters and two of them are Godzilla. (laughs) You get, like, (laughs) like, you get Godzilla... But also Godzilla 2000, <laughs> it's like, it's a slightly different looking Godzilla. 
Oh, they don't give you the 98 one. No. Is the 98 oh. one even in Destroy All Monsters? I don't think it is. Oh. Yeah, but I just remember, like, a friend of mine had that growing up, and I would play it over at his house all the time, but, like, I never had it. So he was, yeah. like, so much better than me at it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember if you press B and A, you could, like, pick people up, and and you could literally just, like, hold them over your head for, like, 30 seconds before they could do anything <laughs> about it. Just around. Yeah, and you just used to troll people by just, like, picking them up. Because if you got the... It was easy enough to avoid the grapple, but if you got the grapple on, it was just like, well, you're mine. For like, as, as I let this timer run down and then you just chuck them into buildings and stuff. It was super fun. I would have loved to have seen Godzilla in a Tony Hawk Pro Skater game. I think that would have been great. <laughs> I would have liked Godzilla. Do you know what? I want the game. This is this is the thing and I think nobody's done this. I think the Godzilla movies should be exclusively about Godzilla, but they tend to be about the humans. But I'd love to play a game that is about the humans, where they tend to focus right. on Godzilla. Because besides Destroy All Monsters, which is, as much as I can remember, a total blast, there is no good Godzilla game at all. And they've all, like, I remember there was that one on, like, PS3 and PS4, which had, like, the, you, you know, you're moving around as Godzilla, but you don't feel like a giant monster, you feel like a tank. And it's, like, really crappy to control, and it's all these, like, naff time challenges and it's the same level repeated and then they did like a bunch of weird ones on the NES um, and it's like a couple of side scrollers and stuff but what I really want is like a Godzilla game that plays like Shadow of the Colossus crossed with like Disaster Day of Crisis and you're just like these tiny little humans trying to survive this Godzilla attack and you're running through the city as like his massive sort of foot clambers overhead I think that'd be cool, especially with, like, the current technology we have. Like, imagine, like, Naughty Dog making that shit, the set pieces they could make, pure Uncharted style, where buildings are crumbling and you haven't, like, jump across massive chasms that are splitting beneath you as Godzilla, like, busts a pipeline or whatever. It'd be sweet. Daniel, thanks very much for coming on the show this week, man. What are you up to lately? Uh, so I'll be back on YouTube. Um, well, I didn't never left, but uh, I'll be on <laughs> YouTube some more. August Club's still ongoing. Updates on that coming. Uh, we just uh, finished the comic. Uh, tomorrow I'll be sending that off for print, so hopefully I'll have like physical versions to look at soon and people will start getting posters and whatnot. And uh, yeah, so August Club, uh, youtube.com slash TV. Lots of new and different stuff coming to the YouTube channel. That's not necessarily film reviews, but I'm sure people are going to like all the same if plans come to fruition. Cool. Yeah, if anybody wants to check me out online, I'm at StopTweetingMia at Twitter. That changed pretty recently. I make jokes, talk about my trans journey. And as always, I'm Mia Marchant, and I'm here if you need to talk. Welcome to Taco Bell. Can I take your order? Uh, let's see. One thousand burrito supremes, 700 Mexican pizzas, and one of those new gorditas. Hey, Godzilla! Want something to drink? When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.